What you know? No, bitch, I'm gonna tell you something hey, good. What's good? Yeah. This is Jimmy. Ho, ho, hello, Brian. Can I ask what language that was? Yeah. Southern Soto. <laughs> Which I believe is like South, isn't it South? It's a South African language, isn't it? So how'd you find that African? <laughs> I don't know anything about that at all. You're asking people as if we're experts here. Oh, that's but, yeah, but it's a lot of Northern South Africa. All right, cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So like we said, this is Jimmy. That's Brian, and we're PS Forty Eighty. Yeah. Is sixth period, and we have a special guest here today, as always. Brian, can you introduce our guest? Yeah, uh, you go by many names. Yeah. How do, you, how do you pronounce your last name? Furnace? Yeah. Richard Furnace, Ricky, Mop Top. And the funny thing is, there's there are more nicknames, but I won't even get to them. That's but the it. thing is, the I think like the first week I met you, I've heard all of these different names referred to you. And it was just so confusing that like I thought everyone was talking about different people, but it was just <laughs> one person. It's funny because it depends on when somebody meets me is like what they call me by. Yeah. So like Ricky is like OG friends. Yeah. Mop Top is like people from like college and people who know me through DJing. Yeah. For whatever reason, in like the house community, everybody calls me Richard. Yeah. Like for house, like all the house music heads call that's me so Richard. Weird. And it's like, I got a bunch of different titles depending on how you met me. And that's how I know who you are. Because yeah. I meet so many people every day. I'm like, okay, right. cool. They know me from this. All right, word. Yeah. That <laughs> makes sense. What do you introduce yourself? Does it matter who you introduce yourself to? Like, does it usually that... depends on the like my vibe and where I am. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, for most people, if we're meeting in an intimate setting, it's just Ricky, you know? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Do you have any name that you prefer? Not really. It's a name. Yeah. Dickhead? People yeah. call me Dicky. <laughs> Dick Furnace. Dick Four Furnace. Four names ready. Yeah. Dick Furnace. Jesus Christ. That's like a horror, <laughs> horror movie, like, fucking horror movie. I'm into it, though. Let's fucking go. It's actually Friday the 14th movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. Dick Furnace is coming after you. Hide the kids. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. What do you... When people ask you what you do, because you do so much, do you go onto all of it? Um, I, Again, I think it depends on where people meet me. Yeah. I think... Uh, if, I'm, know, if I'm a parent, if I'm like someone's dad... Oh, then I'm an entrepreneur. Really? You, you hit him with the entrepreneur so shit. Okay, yeah. and you hand him a card and shit? Uh, exactly. Because okay. it's like, yo, if anybody... If you tell most people, like, if you tell people's parents, like, especially if you're, like, dating somebody or whatever... Or like like somebody's parent who like you're meeting them for the first time, you hang out with their, their child, whatever. They hear DJ and automatically all of the things like he's a drug addict, he's a fucking player, he's a slut, like all of these things come out. And like I've had totally. those come out before, but it's like, yo, I'm an entrepreneur and that's the realness, you know what I mean? Like I do a lot of different things. I just fucking I make, I make things happen. DJ would be the first thing you would normally say to like a regular person, as in like I say regular person, as in everyone else is crazy, but someone like, <laughs> someone like us, crazy. yeah, someone like us, like someone at a party, like. I, if I was meeting you at a party, I'd probably be like, I'm a DJ, you know okay. what I mean? And then I kind of like try to, I try to work in the other things I do again, because like, I think sometimes no, no matter what you say, people create a, a, an idea of who you are based on what Already, you do, yeah. which I think is a fucked up thing that a lot of society does. You know what I mean? But I like try to be like, yo, like we're all people. I do shit. You do shit. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, that's really I'm beautiful. We're all people. That's it. We're all people, baby. <laughs> I do music, I do video, I do business. Tiny tweets. That's it, you know? Shh. <laughs> Don't air that. Yeah. <laughs> heard it here for We're leading with that. Yeah. Okay. But, but what, can you give a rundown for our listeners of what you do? All the great things that you do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, 
this is this this might be the whole episode, but all right, let's go. Uh, I think first and foremost, like I'm a I'm a musician. Like I've always had my my ear to music, and I was definitely that kid back in like elementary school. I'd walk around with a big boombox. Mm-hmm. I'd be showing all my friends tapes, CDs when that was the thing. When uh, when you could burn CDs, I would make all the mixtapes and burn them, sell them at school. Mm-hmm. And I started DJing when I was 15, you know, and I started producing around the same time, about 15. Okay. And that's always been such a part of me. And I think all because of some of the negative connotation that comes with a DJ and a producer and all of that, I you know I started doing broadcast school uh, when I was young. I graduated with my broadcast degree at 16. So I was like, okay, cool. Here's like the backup. And I always have tried to figure out a way to like blend those two worlds together because I I love. I guess my big thing is I love educating people and showing people, whether that's through music that I love and I want to introduce people to, or whether that's the people around me who are doing great things, which I think I can do with the video content, mm-hmm. is like I think that I really love to be able to showcase the things that matter to me and educate people on the things that are that are cool and dope that I think they might be interested in. Nice. So tell us a little bit about your brand. As we're a small brand as well. Well, you're a big brand, but we're a small brand over here. Well, yeah, uh, I work I work with two brands. Uh, my personal like baby project that I've been working on for like the last four years um, is Much Obliged, and it kind of came from a similar point. So I was doing a lot of tour DJing across the country. I worked Mayhem Fest. I did Safe and Sound. I did uh, Oddball Comedy Tour, um, uh, U.S. Surf Open, uh, so U.S. Surf Championship. Um, I did a tour of all of the. Um, What's it called? Amusement park, Six Flags across the country, and nice. a lot of people would What's always. What's the best Six Flags? Um, the best Six Flags are West Coast, and as you get, or no, the best uh, ones are East Coast, and as you go West Coast, they slowly get worse. Yeah, I think New Jersey. I mean, not just, yeah, let's that's fucking a, go. Exactly. Uh, you'll notice that even in like the staff areas, they have better like food for the staff. They have better like really? all that stuff. Weird. Did Six Flags start in the East Coast? I wonder. I don't know. I think it might be because of our proximity to Disney World, right? The West Coast, uh, right? Right, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, the one out here is like, yo, you're all over down in Florida, Orlando, right? Yeah, okay. I don't know, you just drive through Jacksonville, yeah. Shout out to Jacksonville, though. Uh, no, so I was touring, and everybody would be like, oh, shit, you live in New York, you know, all that, and they'd have all these things, and they'd have such a mis. Uh, they wouldn't really understand what New York is and the culture and the people around it. And I also saw how many dope people were around me doing amazing things. Um, and then also I think a lot of the tour culture and, you know, I think there's a right life for everybody, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of people who get caught up in the tour culture who are like just waiting for the next tour. You know what I mean? People who are in their fifties, sixties, roadies, all these people, musicians, tax, all that, they're just waiting for the next tour. And it's like, Oh, like are you going to put me on the next tour? Oh, what, when's the next thing happening? I was like, I didn't want to get stuck in that cycle because really like touring in a lot of ways is summer camp for adults. You know what I mean? They tell you when to sleep, they tell you when to eat, they tell you when to shower, when to be on stage, do all of those things, which I think is fun and it's great and I love it and I still want it to be part of my life. But I was like, I want something else and I really? want to be able to put the people on around me that I care about, especially as I got older. I'm like, I don't want to be in my 40s still DJing on a stage. Like I want to be able to put the next generation up. So I went ahead and I put all my tour money together and I'd been talking about it forever, like since I was in college. I bought all broadcast stuff and like, I'm going to start this this video channel and I'm going to really show people what New York has to offer and put some of my friends on. And it started off in my living room of my three bedroom apartment. <laughs> my roommates were very cool to let me just have it there. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And uh, then we slowly grew. We got another place where I got like a massive bedroom and we built like a psych wall inside of the bedroom. I had a lighting grid above my bed with like lights. I'm, imagine any girl that came home with me, if they were like, what is this? No one ever asked me. Only the homegirls would ask yeah, me, but like yeah. no one who ever took home would ever say anything. 
And then finally, That's, uh, you brought home some weird chicks, man. Oh, okay. I'm sh- I mean, I probably could have turned those lights on. They might have been with it. I don't know. You know, <laughs> hey. True. True. And then so- something happened with that place, um, and like the roommates, you know, we had some disagreements. So I ended up going over to Super Chief, and I met up with Ed Zipko, who's one of the co-founders of Super Chief. And in like a 15-minute conversation, we just vibed, and it was like our strategies aligned our like thought process everything and he's like yo let's do this i'm like okay cool like we'll plan like maybe in a month he's like nah dude start bringing your stuff over tomorrow like let's make this happen if we're gonna do it let's do it yeah and uh so i linked up with them and uh i have this huge studio psych wall green screen wrap around it's like uh 30 feet by 30 feet so big enough i have a good staff of editors and all of that and then through all of that i kind of got integrated into the whole super chief culture, which now I'm a part owner in, helping them with sponsorship outreach, event stuff, uh, the filming stuff, obviously, and all the studio. And it was just kind of like right time, right place, right energy was there. And we've just been vibing ever since and been doing a lot of really dope shit. Nice. How did did you transition from the audio aspect of it to the video part of it? I think the video part of it was always something that I I knew. Like I said, I I did the broadcasting when I was 16. I got my broadcast certificate from Comcast and I would help out with like the local channels and I ran this. I was a super like AV nerd. I ran like the the station school and all of that. Mm. And I, I, DJing was something that always pulled me in because I, I always loved it. I always had a really good connection with it. And because of that, I always got paid really well. So I was like, oh man, like people like age-old thing oh when are you gonna get a real job when are you gonna grow up mm. and i get a job doing video or consulting or it and I'm, then i'd be like wait a minute i'm making more money djing and yeah. i'm having more fun and i'm working less hours so it always kind of pulled me back into the dj element so i kind of went back and forth like when i first moved here i did some stuff with mtv i did some stuff with complex with fuse with rock aware iconics brands mm-hmm. and all that and i kind of would go back and forth between this and for a while it would be like i do three months of video and then i would do the rest of the time dj stuff and, you know, I'm trying to, as time goes on, I'm still perfecting it now, integrating, okay, I can do this video stuff and the DJ stuff all at the same time and trying to create this one vivid thing, which is kind of what this whole year is about, right? Is for me to be able to now take those video elements and the audio stuff that I love so much, the music and the DJing, and be able to blend those two worlds together in perfect harmony. So would you, I, that's awesome, number one. And yeah. we, we look forward to seeing it. But have you thought about taking, I don't know if you've already done it, but have you thought about taking the video stuff and taking that on tour as well? Kind of traveling with that and kind of doing like, I guess, vlogging? Not really vlogging, but, you know, yeah. that's what people would kind of say. There's, there's like two ways that we're doing it. So we started this new um, we started this new tour with Super Chief and one of my really good friends there and colleagues, uh, Chris, user deleted. Um, and we have this uh, tour called Stimulation Overload and we're doing it at a bunch of campuses all over the country. And the idea is, is we take video art and like 3D art and we projection map entire facilities. So you're literally surrounded by all these videos and all this beautiful digital art. And then all of that goes with the music that all the DJs are playing. So I go on tour with my friend Static Link and we're bringing a couple other people on the road uh, early this year. Um, and that's one method. And then we vlog all of that and we kind of talk about the experience. We're able to kind of get the outreach from like the college students and all that who I think are really at the forefront of like a lot of things that are hip and cool, a lot of really good music, a lot of really good pop culture and all of that. That's one way of it. And now we're opening new facilities as well. Um, so we have a new location uh, in downtown Miami on top of our one in Wynwood. Yes. We're working on doing another location in Chicago and then we have our location in LA. So one of the things I'm trying to build for the next year is taking artists that we really love and we co-sign and doing uh, like an album release, New York 
do like a boiler room style, film it, have all that, then do something down in LA, then do something in Chicago, then do something in Miami and have it all make sense together. And like, I think that's part of also, you know, the million strategies that I have is we're kind of building this touring company so we can take these musicians that we're filming for like our EPK show or our tune show, which is kind of like a live performance show. And then being able to take a lot of those acts on the road and really being a full stop shop for a lot of these artists who might not have the opportunity otherwise. We create an electronic press kit for them. We film their performance. We're able to do their release party. And then we can take that on the road to any uh, parties that are interested. Yeah. It's kind of cool because it sounds like, you know, you started, you said that you kind of want to break out of the tour kind of mold. And that is almost like you are literally creating multiple tours, not even just one. You have a lot going on, yeah. lot different styles. I think the big thing with the touring stuff is I didn't want it to, I think, and an important thing for a lot of people is I think collaboration is important, but I think to depend on somebody else is not. And I think a lot of people are waiting for that person to make it happen for them. It's like, oh, like if I know this person, maybe they'll help me do this. Or if I know that person, maybe they'll help me do it. It's like, I didn't want to have to depend on somebody else. And I wanted to be able to tour and do it on my own terms and really create the experience that I wanted to create, not be stuck. Because some of the tours that I was on, and I'm not going to mention any of them, but it was like, they were very disorganized and they weren't great to their um, audience or they weren't great to the people who were touring with them and you know there were a lot of things that I would have done differently and instead of complaining about it and dwelling on it I'm gonna change it you know so basically they're becoming the company Bandersnatch and they're just gonna <laughs> fuck with everyone's actual reality that's yeah. it yeah you're just trying to fuck with all of us aren't you yeah. that's it <laughs> fuck shh on the low yeah <laughs> hey Brian you have any more questions shit um hmm I kinda wanna knock out some small ones so if you don't have yeah um, I'm just hitting y'all with so much info. Y'all don't even know what to do, baby. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Space. Is that is that the next frontier? Space? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. No, yeah. we're already plotting uh, Super Chief uh, Mars, you know? Sick. Oh, dude, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Hopefully I get back from Neptune by then. Yeah. Know, zero gravity. <laughs> zero gravity. How's that? Zero gravity, bro. Um, so you've toured around the country. Yeah. Any, any of your favorite venues? Any one in particular? Um, I think, and this is a kind of a cliche, but it's it's really amazing. Um, there's there's two that I have, and one of them is an obvious one, Red Rock. There's no other yeah, venue in, in the whole country that's like that. Um, you know, it's an annoying venue because all the tractor trailers and all the tour buses have to go up the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And for all the crew, it's crazy to load it in because there's not a lot of space and all of that, but. The catering's amazing, which is like first and foremost when you're touring, like I heavily gauge based on how good is the catering of the yeah. venue yeah. and how many showers do they have and yeah. are the showers clean. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. you, you don't think it's about it, it's like you have, to, you have to shower in most of these venues because yeah. a lot of the tour buses have water, but usually just enough water for one or two people. Yeah. So my first tour, I couldn't use the shower on the tour bus. The rest of my tours, I was, I was able to. Yeah. That's a big one. And then uh, Milwaukee, the rave. Um, Known fact, it's the most haunted venue in the country. So it was an old, um, it's almost like, like multiple a people died there. Yeah, it was yeah. an old like YMCA or like nice. like youth center or something, and they have a pool downstairs, and like ten people died in the pool, and like people hung themselves there. Damn. And you can actually pay extra as a headliner to use that as your dressing room, as your green room. And so I got to do the tour of that whole place. Plus, Milwaukee on the low has the – I've had the craziest tour stories yeah. in Milwaukee. And for whatever reason, Milwaukee is always a super fun city to uh, to play. Yeah, Wisconsin, Weird. man. They drink heavy. Oh, man. You have no – and it's cheap, heavy. man. We were out there. It was like 
$2 shots and like $3 mixed drinks. I was like, the fuck? Yo, and then uh, we were gonna buy a bottle because a bottle was like 75 bucks um, for bottle service. And it came with a bottle and then a bottle of champagne, but the brewers came and and bought our table and they bought like 10 bottles. And we're like, all right, fine. We were all pissed off at the brewers that night. I mean, I feel like Milwaukeeans are more pissed off at the brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They need to do that. They need to to blow off some steam. Yeah. That's so cheap. Yeah, that's so dangerous. Oh, yeah. It was very dangerous. Trust me. We were all Percentage of people dying like alcohol poisoning. What else are you doing in Milwaukee at like 1 o'clock? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Milwaukee, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but back when I was in Chicago on New Year's Eve, they have a 24-hour license that you can buy. So I would literally DJ New Year's Eve in Chicago, and then they'd hire a driver, come to Chicago, pick me up, get me to Milwaukee by 9 in the morning, then DJ 9 in the morning till 11, till 11. And it would be like, yo, those nights were wild. Shout out People to still going hard at 9 in the morning? Dude, they were, I mean, they were on all of the drugs, yeah, and they were yeah, definitely going super true. hard. Of course, man. Why yeah. not? Why not? That's absurd. Shout out to Cy Young and Gems for setting that up for me, by the way. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right. You have any more? I kind of want to hear what the nastiest shit that you've seen on tour is. Oh, man. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even. Well, I can't touch even. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, anything you, you can, can change imagine. names. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like, uh, I mean, a lot of the shower rooms are super gross. You know what I mean? Like, that's like a big thing. Like, definitely wear sandals all and like change your sandals out. Like, I change my sandals out like every week or every three days just because yeah. it would be grimy um you know you're using the bathrooms from the stadium a lot of times yeah. like depending on what stadium it is yeah. that's like, like the aftermath after the whole concert ends like if you have a uh, sometimes like very rarely but sometimes you'll you'll spend the night at the venue and then seeing what the venue looks afterwards it's like completely just like ripped upside down god bless all those guys uh, all the people i should say that like clean them, them. no yeah jesus christ I'm just thinking about Brooklyn Bazaar when we went. That shit was gross. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you done Brooklyn Bazaar? Yeah, yeah. Why is it carpeted? Yeah, I don't know. It's retarded. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think they planned it to be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't meant it had to, to be have been, that. Yeah. It had to have been maybe another floor for like a restaurant. No, downstairs is that. Downstairs compared to It looks nice. Totally different. Yeah. It's like a pool hall. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I imagine if you turn on the lights during the day and like cleaned it up, upstairs should look like that. But it has a carpet. One of the best yeah. moments is going inside of any club with the lights on. Because I yeah. usually so many clubs all over the country yeah. that it's like you go and you walk, you're in a club and it's like dimly lit, like it's mood lighting, all that. It's like, oh, this is dope. This is like really nice. Like even like bottle service spots, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden the lights come on and you're like, holy fuck, this place is trash. Dude, yeah. that would be a great fucking coffee table book. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Clubs in the night. Yeah, walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny? The other day, I actually realized how much I spend in, like, the dark or, like, mood lighting. Mood lighting? Yeah, like, every single club you go to, yeah, darker mood lighting. Half the restaurants now in New York are mood lit. Oh, yeah. Like, bro, I went to, I was at a barbecue place the other day, and I was like, bro, I can't see the, the, <laughs> the food. Yeah. What is the point? There's yeah. a lot, of, there's a lot so, of places yeah. in Brooklyn that I feel like they're yeah, like, yeah. or they have, like, and I, I have no problem with this. Like, they have DJ spinning, which I DJ a couple restaurants as well. Right. But there's a point where it's like, okay, cool, to have ambiance of the DJ spinning, whatever, to, but like, just pull because, out a club, like, like, where it's <laughs> loud as fuck, and I'm yelling at my date across the table, yeah, and yeah. both of us are half deaf because we're also DJs, and it's like, yo, yes. like, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people, too, who I can't pay attention, like, yeah. because I'm such a musical person, if there's, like, loud music playing, like, I can't pay attention to what you're saying. I'm thinking about, oh, yeah. this is in this key. Oh, yeah. this is this BPM. Yeah. Oh, this is where the mix-in is. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait for it. <laughs> oh, man, they, sh- they shouldn't have broken it down right there. <laughs> that, that Why is, is there an extra bar in this song? That is rough. I haven't been to a place that's like that. 
But I have been to like coffee shops that I don't think they got the end on what a coffee shop is supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And are, are they like, oh, we're gonna be different? We're gonna change it up? We're gonna play like actual like R like not R and B but actual like hip hop and shit? Yeah. And it's like, bro, it's way too fucking loud in here. Yeah. What, what am I? Yeah. Why? What work am I doing? <laughs> well, I'm all fooling like, like I'm doing work right now. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking Biggie's playing. I'm doing. I'm doing what the Biggie's saying. I'm hurting people out there. Right. Like, that's what I'm doing. Like, what the fuck? Distracting. Yeah, but seriously, like, it's my entire life is just in like the dark. Mm-hmm. Except for like when I like I'm at work, but yeah, the majority of the day. But, yeah, like, even then, I'm like I'm not outside. That'd be so hilarious. Like, you know I, think, I think that was one of the weirdest things about touring because yeah. like I'm used to like nightlife, you know what I mean? Like before I toured, I was DJing six, seven days in the club. Wouldn't yeah. wake up till usually the sunset, be in the club, you yeah. know, maybe I'd see the sun rising when I got home. Yeah. But then, you know, touring shit, it's like all during the day. So it was like a complete flip over. I'm like, I don't see, you know, I can yeah, see yeah. fucking just bright all the time. How does, how does vitamin D feel? Oh man, it was, it was, it was solid at yeah. that point. <laughs> The vitamin D in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> you should just go to work early and change all your lights to like adjustable or change a dimmer yeah. and just like lower it really low. And then, you know, like just work it up and like lower and see if anyone's does anything. Just no, like keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like nothing to no one. <laughs> and then like efficiency just goes up like 100%. Yeah. Like that's the key. Yeah. We, we cracked it. How to get your employees to work harder? Boom. Sade and moonlighting. Boom. And actually, Tiffany, Tiffany Glass as well. Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany Glass everywhere. That's the way. That's the move. It's also the, the vibe of every TGI Fridays. Yeah, yeah. That is the vibe of TGI Fridays. real. We need to be sponsored by TGI, <laughs> and then exclusively record inside of a live TGI. Yeah. Every, every time. Every, every, every. Yes, we have to do it. Here's the poor baby art. I'm yes. finding it out. Don't yeah. worry, I'm gonna get on yeah. the phone tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're not going to hear anything. It's just going to be into families, like, arguing. Did you fucking lock the car? I don't know if you locked the car. The car's right there. Like, go fucking check. There's nothing like a like, family fight in one of those sit-downs. Yeah, like, there is nothing like it. Oh, my goodness. You're not learning anything. <laughs> you're just, wow, this is America. Middle this America. This is America. I fucking love we're it. We're here from uh, TGI Fridays in yeah. Idaho. Where are we this? I don't give a fuck. Like... <laughs> It's just like the last TJ. Bro, literally, we've been driving for hours and seen nothing but corn and beans. Yeah. That's all I've seen today is corn and beans. I'm just happy to see other people. There it is. Another <laughs> tour idea. We're just, we're fucking full of them. All right. Well, we're going to touch on some slight news this week. Bam, let's hit it. I mean, we've, we haven't been around for like two weeks, so there's a lot that we catch up on. Yeah. Just pretty much a shoot off the top. But I guess we should start with the one that's dominated everybody's news. That's the R. Kelly shit. Yeah. Have you guys seen the documentary? Wait, who? Uh, R. Kelly. Is Robert Kelly. Robert. Robert Kelly. Kelly. Okay. Wow. He had some. He had some big heads, right? Chicago Bob. <laughs> Chicago Bob. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Because yeah, we just haven't talked about him in so long. Yeah, like I just forget sometimes. You know, like, yeah. Um. No. Yeah. He was a singer or a rapper. Actually, you know what he was? He was actually a monster. Monster. Oh, he was one of the monsters. Okay. Monsters. Got it. Yeah. yeah Great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, Great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Somebody, it's fucked up. I, I saw somebody edit, re-edit the ending of um, Space Jam yeah. to take R. Kelly, like, I believe I can fly all out of the... Yeah, really? I saw that. <laughs> Which is great. Wow. It's great, but, like, that is one of the, like, what do you do? What, what does Space Jam do? Like... How do they what address do this issue? Like, I don't think they will. Why do they have to? They don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, you know, no matter what happens to R. Kelly, he will forever be in 
Wow, I mean, sounds, that song sounds, is that song is incredible. This is gonna sound terrible. He's yeah. gonna forever be in children's minds yeah. because of that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It sounds yeah. horrible, and I didn't mean jokes on all of like, us. Like, no, but seriously, like that's yeah, kind of super fucked up. It is. Like, but did you guys watch it? Uh, Space Jam. Uh, did you guys watch Space Jam I, again? What? Wait, what movie? Were you <laughs> uh, Surviving. You guys watched no, it? No, I haven't watched. I probably will eventually. When that when with the with the whole R. Kelly thing. Before I knew what had happened, I played Ignition. Yeah. And I literally had four people come up to me in the booth like, turn this off right now. You ain't playing no rapist. Turn this you off. You ain't playing no rapist. This was I, in Chicago? No, this was in New York. New York. Right? Yeah. Oh. I was like, I was, like, people came at me like aggressive. I mean, it was like late at night. It was like three in the morning or something, like 3.15 in the morning. But I was like, damn, right. people were like, I had to go Google music. that shit. I was like, all right, word. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll take some R. Kelly off. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we're back to hating R. Kelly. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Got it. Oh, oh, the cycles come back. Right. Yeah. You know, that was one of my like floor filler songs though. So just fucked no, up, yeah. man. Yeah. It was like one of the goats. Like, R- especially in Chicago too. R. Kelly's like you play some R. Kelly like especially when I was coming up in Chicago. Like yeah. that was like instant like bump a grind on the yeah. dance floor, get exactly, a couple dude. people laid. He sells that bump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like. That's the crazy thing. It's like, yo, we this we've done this all before. Yeah. Actually, we talked about this last night. Like, I I'm happy that it's back in people's mind that R. Kelly right. is a rapist and he did terrible, horrible things and people's lives are forever changed and scarred and everything like that. But at the same time, it's like, God damn it! Is like, is something gonna happen to stop? Is something really gonna happen? And I heard there's news now that he is being in, like he this charge is being yeah. up in Georgia. Right. There's criminal charges. Yeah, but. We'll last see. time he was cruel charges. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, last time, could you, like, remember back then when it was both R. Kelly? I think it was R. Kelly was on trial, Michael Jackson was on trial, Bam. and Michael Vick was on trial. Yeah. All at the same fucking time. Like, that was. That's rough. Yeah, that was a rough little <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a rough little moment. But obviously, here on the podcast, we don't condone anything that he's done. Besides music. Yeah. So 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 let me ask you guys though. So like I feel like this with a lot of people. So like there was that video too that came out with Drake with that girl with the, yeah, with the seventeen year old girl. Hey, what's going on? It's yeah. like how much do you do you separate? And I, and I don't know this answer. Like how much do you separate the music from who somebody is in their personal life? If somebody's created good. Also music, wait, hold on. Are you talking about that Drake video from like years ago? Yeah, it's from a long time. I ago. watched the video. Did you watch the video? I watched part of it. It didn't look like he did anything. No, he definitely grabbed her. Yeah, yeah maybe I just her. missed it. Yeah, okay, I just missed that part. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. But, uh, stuff about the stuff about Drake, I'm like really hoping it isn't true. But part of me is like, if like this is like the fourth thing, at some point, we should probably be like, yeah, Drake needs to get looked out for real, yeah. Because, I mean, the whole yes, thing I feel like there's too, uh, there's too much money behind him that I feel like you'll never... It's almost like, you know, like a Michael just situation, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's too much money behind them, there's too many people getting paid off him that they don't want to see that. Yeah, you know. Well, see, that's the thing. I think I separate Mike from everybody else because that Mike's situation was a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Because there wasn't any like nobody was there to like validate either side. Yeah, I mean it was a different era. You know what I mean? You you didn't didn't have the ability to do that. You don't know if we had a Twitter. If Twitter was on, then Twitter fingers might have gotten shot, and they might have been riding for. But yeah, no, I think at some point we should probably look at Drake and be like, "Yo, what's the deal there?" Yeah. Like this is. Not the first. I mean, that's sad though. Like, we'll never really know about anyone. It's just. We shouldn't know about everyone, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm saying who, I guess, I mean, we should know about everyone, but like, especially people who are celebrities, like people yeah. who get so much attention and then like are becoming role models for people. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm the separating the artist from like the artist from the music itself. Yeah. I think there's some like you can do that, but I always feel like it's selectively used. I think it's we, we've <laughs> already been. It's like yo, how good is this artist? Yeah. Okay. This yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Otherwise, you fuck know, him. If 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 this was like Flowrider, yeah. would anybody be separating the music yeah. from the artist? Nah. Fuck no. Yeah. Flowrider would be done. I, I mean, mean nobody did it with CeeLo. Yeah. CeeLo's gone. <laughs> like CeeLo legit yeah. is gone. Yeah. He's supposed to do, um, what's it called? What was that joint album he did with um, Danger Mouse? They're not doing another one. Noel's Barkley? Yeah. They said they were doing another one. I hope they do. It was one of yeah. two of my favorites. Like, yeah, I know. Period. I know. But, like, yeah, I don't know if they're doing another yeah. one. But I don't know. We've already been doing it as humans, separating art from artists for yeah. years already. We just don't want to admit it, like, with other genres of music, like rock. Rock stars. Rock's fucking, oh, they're sure. some of the most troubled people, like, within music. I mean, so. There's a time John Lennon was beating the shit out of his wife, and everybody skips it. Yeah. You know, no one fucking it. questions, oh, the Beatles are on, turn that shit off. Yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> the fuck? I think it's just we're in a different world now. You know what it I mean? Is. I think, A, yeah. people are... It's just way. bad timing, in a sense. Like, there's it's, way, way I mean, more access to the, to the information. Should have. Should have happened already, but yeah. Yeah, I think there's more access, and uh, like we're more of a PC culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... There's nothing wrong with it, in my eyes. No. I, you know, I'm not... Nothing changes in my life yeah. from this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I wasn't a scumbag before R. Kelly. I'm not going to be a scumbag after R. Kelly. Like, I have no reason yeah. to His music still away. sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll stay away from the songs where he questionably still, okay. talks about having sex with underage girls. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's actually, Take those off the playlist. Every yeah. single song yeah. talking about having sex. Fuck. Probably. What are we left with? <laughs> I believe I can I believe fly. fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> why, is, why is Brian watching Space Jam on this is all I have. <laughs> no, but you, you know about the new B2K tour, the upcoming yeah. B2K tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How excited are you guys for that? Oh my god, I already have tickets for like three rows. <laughs> three like, yeah, three. I know three rows of my friends are going to be there, so. She will definitely make an appearance. Yeah. But no, so they came out, Warren came out and said that he's not gonna, they're not going to do any of the hits that R. Kelly wrote. Mm. Here's the problem. Yeah. The hits that R. Kelly wrote are some of their best tunes. Yeah. Like some of the reasons you would go to see B2K. Yeah. Why would you not, like, why would I pay money to see B2K perform all these songs? Well, didn't they have a, they announced a tour before all this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they've canceled, they've canceled tours though before, you know what I mean? Yeah. You might see super low ticket sales, like they postponed Nicki Minaj's tour with, uh, what's his face, 6ix9ine, so. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I mean, no, B2K is still going to sell like crazy. I mean, that lineup yeah. is actually pretty, like, if you were a kid in the, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, this is, like, your tour. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. This is kind of showing us that we're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing we're starting to hit those nostalgia tours. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's kind of getting ridiculous. I didn't think B2K What is it, like, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? One of them is, I think they're putting out a new album. I just saw a Backstreet video. Boys. Backstreet yeah, Boys Backstreet Boys. They yeah, they released um, a single. Yeah, they like, they sing on some of the one of the Thanksgiving. This is, does this happen to every generation of music where like yes. all the washed yeah. artists want to have Bro, one last? Mick Jagger and Rolling Stone are still performing. Yeah, that's true. Paul McCartney uh, just put out an, or just put out an album. Yeah. His shit's trash. I've you know I've never listened to any of those like solo albums. late yeah yeah like I'm I'm good on that yeah keep that to yourself sir how dare you um, they should make like I don't know in the sense that there's like the L- the PGA and then like the seniors PGA 
we should make like a seniors like audio like music industry just for them to like I mean it's already there they just don't call it that because yeah. no one would want to go if it was the seniors the, right. the golden ages yeah right, right. <laughs> the golden oldies we just no, need to relegate them to something yeah just do your yeah be happy make music because you're already fucking paid I don't want to hear about it wait Tom did you guys know that last year the Roots released an album yes they yeah the Roots released an album what album 18. I forgot what it was called, but I found out because I was looking through like you know oh, trying to find so. a track or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, that says 2018. The fuck? How did the Roots release the album and I not know about it? Right. That's not good PR. Whoever was the PR agency yeah, on that fucked up. I don't, know, I don't know if they wanted a PR. Where is it available? It was, it's on Spotify for sure. It's not on Spotify, or I can't find it on Spotify. I had, I saw it. The last album is, and then you shoot your cousin. Which is a great, great. Surf music chill. Right? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Interesting. It's by various artists? No, this is something No, this is something different. (laughs) Yeah, this is like a EDM compilation, I'm pretty sure. What the fuck did I see? Uh, Anyway. Bro, my life is... That was a parallel universe. We're here now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping. Like, no, I th- I th- I'm pretty. Yeah. I thought I saw that too. For I sure. thought it was sworn. I saw yeah. that shit. They, they took it down because they didn't get enough hits. Maybe. Or maybe they weren't meant to like drop it. Like, we just both happened to see it at the same time. I have no idea. But I could have sworn I started playing it. And I was like, yeah, I've never heard of this shit before. That sounds like an amazing dream. Possibly. I, yeah. I thought I was on the bus, though. I was on the B38. Okay. I was making my way downtown. <laughs> what if we actually ended up just like you know ending up in a song every single episode no warning yeah that's the way to break it down yeah well, that's to be a challenge like we somehow need to get into Vanessa Carlton um Revenge of the Dreamers part 3 yeah have you seen it no have I've heard, heard news about, about it, it. yeah Revenge what's it called Revenge of the Dreamers part 3 it's J. Cole's Dream Chasers. What do they call Dreamville? Dreamville. Dream Chasers. Sorry. Meek Mill. Uh, Dreamville label, uh, their compilation album is said to be released at some point in the near future. Is currency on it? Yes. A whole bunch of people are on it. It's actually kind of ridiculous. They're sending out invitations. Some people are posting it on yeah. Twitter. We've had invitations. We're going. Mm-hmm. All right, bam. Yeah. You got a pass for me, baby? Yeah, we're all going right now. Of course. Of course. As soon as this ends. Uh, apparently, so the people I've heard so far that have it. Ski Master Slump God, Wale Currency, Young Nutty. Young Nudie? I don't give a fuck. Um, fuck that guy. No, no, he's a good guy. He's like a good guy. Oh, Tyson Holston. Oh, there's one person. I forgot who it was. Oh, Charles Major is going to be producing some. Hey, he's on our fucking album. Yes, he is. Oh, Vince Staples. Vince Staples. Nice. I'm hoping Kendrick gets an invitation just because I want another Kendrick. That album's never coming out, dude. No, I just want a Kendrick, J. Cole, Big Chris song again. Oh, yeah. Because those three are great together. Like, they're really That's real. They're really, really good. Are you guys yeah. excited for something that J. Cole's dropping in 2019? Uh, yeah. He, I mean, like, basically signing half of Spillage Village was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, like... Did he sign the whole thing? I thought he just signed... I think... I don't. I don't think so. I think they're like a couple artists, like Jordan Bryant and like someone else who's not signed to Dreamville. Okay. Yeah, but I'd be interested in it. But like, I just it's not gonna be 
my favorite project. I just know that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's not the question. Yeah. Are excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want the short of it, no. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm also actually well actually you go first. Are you excited to to hear this new compliment? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think it'll be my favorite, but it's going to be cool to see what they come up with. You know what I mean? That's actually how I'm more curious and excited. Yeah. Um, I think some of the ideas and some of the people that are in the same room together are great. Yeah. I think Cold Masso producing something is always... Like, yeah, dope. Plus. Mm. I also think, like, when you have projects like this with a bunch of people in the same room, maybe it won't be everybody's favorite project, but I, it, I think a lot of these projects tend to push like genres and push the the industry to another level where it will create a whole bunch of ideas that will spark you know better albums and better projects over the course yeah. of the next I like year collaborate. I, I hope so collaboration is not dependency this is a collaborative project that they're doing and I feel like a lot of connections are being made in that room mm. yeah. and some great music maybe not on this project but, but future for ones. sure on the future ones are going to be there for, I, I think so yeah. there's just no way you can have currency around how much people smoking and not let them drop some gems same thing with like you know Wale's the J. Cole's the Vince Staples with the young guys like, mm. I would love to hear Vince Staples with Earth Gang yeah. that would be amazing that's possible now you know? I mean yeah that's something I do hope happens like yeah. more compilations just more people working together in yeah. the same fucking studio at once because I mean, it's now the cool thing to fucking send each other vocals and shit like it's actually kind of funny I feel like hip hop is in a way like the, it's the nicest it's ever been but for some reason there's always like this weird um, the idea of compilations and the idea of collaborative projects to me at least in my head I always see like oh it's not like it's not a real thing you know what I'm saying yeah. like I never think like. I think say, it's becoming more and more of a thing though now. So exactly. It's definitely circling back to that. We talk about like producer tapes and things like that are exactly. becoming such a thing now, and where like these big groups of people are like, okay, cool, let's create this collaborative process. Mm-hmm. And it's dope to kind of see that. I mean, we talk about it all, all the time. Like back in our day, it was like the mixtape era, yeah. where I'd like look forward to like that next mixtape that would come out. And yeah. I, it's dope to be able to have that culture come back, you know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But I think back then it was more they were all in the same room. Now it's not so much anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. And that, well, I think it's going to suffer because of Well, there's a special yeah. thing when everybody has the same energy in the same room like, yeah, man. if I'm collaborating with an artist in LA and like we are sending stems back and forth the project's not going to be as good you know yeah. what I mean but if I'm collaborating with a, with a producer in LA and, he, and I fly out to LA one week and he flies out to New York one week yeah. you better believe that like our energy feeding back and forth us bullshitting and like the whole process of like the energy in the room is going to make that project that much more special you can feel yeah. it too sometimes like, oh absolutely you just feel it like oh no these exactly. guys actually like each other that's why, for as good or as bad as, I guess, what, Drip Too Hard or whatever it is, you could definitely tell, like, just, like, listening to the songs, like, they were both, like, really happy to be next to each other, making music, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's something that, even though it's, the music might not be the best, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, this, this, this is a future year. Right. Like, they're just starting. Right, this is what it's supposed to be, exactly. at least I for now. Gang still lived. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. You can't have everything. You can't have everything. This, this project could be really good. Yeah. When is it coming out? This year? This year sometime. It yeah. hasn't been the next day. I don't think they're trying to be like, okay, oh, confine ourselves to yeah. the usual release system. They might just do the whole uh, Kanye Black, not Black Fridays, but you know, the Good Friday kind of thing where they just drop track after track. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? You yeah, yeah. The entire year. 52 James tracks. Blake is supposed to drop an album soon. Thank God, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. I love yeah. James Blake. Like, he just like surfaced with like a video. Oh no. 
alluding to like a new album. I think this year is going to be really special for music because I think where we were last year, music was very confused in every genre within the EDM world, within like the rock and indie world, within the hip hop world. And I don't think people really knew where to take it. I think things got saturated in a lot of ways where people were chasing trends. I think that was like a buildup because I think people have been slowly chasing trends since EDM became a thing. Mm-hmm. I think finally... People are like, okay, cool. We don't need to do this anymore. Now people are starting to put out, uh, again, like beyond just the underground realm, really interesting projects, really collaborative projects. And I'm really excited to see the music that comes out in 2019. I think there's a lot of really special albums that are supposed to come out, a lot of artists that are collaborating that's going to make it a special year for music, you know? Yeah, I've always thought about like how music reflects politics or like what's going on in the country at the time. It's huge. And did, did last year really reflect that? I don't know if it did. I think, yeah, I would say yes. In what sense? Um, there's a gen- there was a general sense of just like I think in our generation at least like apathy that was kind of like an yeah. undercurrent of just how every like you would make fun of stuff and like social media is like perfect like the meme culture stuff like you make fun of it because it's the only release really mm. so things that were serious were kind of taken lightly just sarcastically mm. um, and I feel like there was an undercurrent of like in a lot of music where it sounded surface level sounded like kind of happy like mm. kind of like okay and but when you go dug a little deeper it was like oh no this is actually touching some really fucked up shit mm. and J. Cole is actually one of the ones that would come up with fast like KLD mm. like ATM that song like it's a club banger right but it's touching a really yeah. like, serious thing Meek Mill coming out like that's that was like an album that was bolstered by these bangers that were actually the entire project is talking about like growing up in the hood just being hood like that's uh-huh. just what it is I feel like that kind of touched every project I Besides for, I guess, Daytona, uh-huh. and, but they're a little older generation, but besides, like, I think even Nas, Nazir touched on it a little bit, and everybody kind of had bars, like, oh, you know, they're killing us out here and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I feel like it was, I feel like that kind of. I think, I think it did, and I think music always reflects the politics and the stuff that's going on around you, but I do feel like with a lot of the music, because it was so confused, I feel like this year it reflected less than normal. You know what I mean? I think I, yeah. I would have thought there would have been more stuff about like the politics and the state of the country and things like that. And you have like under, you know, like a good amount of underground rappers, but it really didn't hit like a lot of the mainstream stuff. And, you know, I think for a long time, a lot of the mainstream stuff was just like, oh, like we're partying, we're spending money, you know, consumerism, all that. And, you know, there's like a bounce back from that. And I think that was part of the confusion. And I think just the way that people are ingesting music and people getting used to like this new format of how music's being digested, um, yeah. it's kind of changed the way that people make music. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just say like politically, like even though we have Trump as president, like we become more sensitive as listeners to like how we judge our artists and shit like that and the music that they're making. But at the same time, there hasn't been a spike in like racist rappers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just because of kind of where... Which is a good thing. As, as yeah. Like, yeah. like, racist, like, redneck racist? Yeah, like, or just, like, people who, uh, yeah, are misogynistic, like, to be misogynistic, not because uh, it's, like, part of a hip-hop trope, like... I think you saw some of that with some, like, with a lot of rappers who have been shunned because yeah. of the misogyny this year. You know what I mean? You've definitely seen a lot of people be like, yo, this isn't cool yeah. anymore, where before, you know what I mean? Like, you look at, like, early rap, you know what I mean? Like, like Miami-based stuff and shit like that, like it was just the norm and people would love it. I mean, even when I was growing up, it's like, you know, you'd have girls singing along to like pretty demeaning lyrics about women. Yeah, yeah. And now you kind of see a lot of those lyrics and people are like, nah, like this isn't cool. And yeah. they don't necessarily want to be part exactly. of that. I think Cardi B, you know what I mean, was a big part of like the women empowerment and all that. Like, you know, just yeah, sitting in girls. definitely hit hip hop hard. Mm-hmm. I'm happy oh. that it did. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. 
I mean, Uber Pools, I feel like, is my gauge for, like, pe- hmm. what people listen to in music and, like, yeah. how they feel about it. How many people are like, oh, well, you know, Cardi B this and, like, oh, like, this rap this rap isn't good. Like, you're listening to something on Hot 97. Like, yeah. oh, like, th- you know, and kind of getting people's feedback on it and then being more open to that conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what it, what it created is right. people are more willing to have that conversation now, which is the start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it's weird. Last year, I feel like, I feel like right now... I don't really know that much about other genres, but right now for hip hop, it's confusing because it's as open as it's ever been. And we talk, we say this all the time, like you know, hip hop is really democratic now. You could, if you have a mic, you could create not only a podcast, but you can create yeah. Oh podcast, my god! On SoundCloud, you know, you can do whatever. And I feel like now you have so many options when you're listening, like what you're listening to, who you're listening to, and like you're saying, the way that you digest music is so different than it was before. I mean, five albums drop on Friday. That's just how Fridays go. Yeah. Um, that now, if you're looking for it, you can find it. Like, I feel like it might not seem that it was so political this year because there were so many projects that dropped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same beat that did drop, which would be like a landmark album, even though it did drop on an off day, there was still like seven albums that dropped on that Friday that kind of took that momentum away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That we, as hip hop community, we didn't sit down and talk about, oh, how great this JIT album is. We kind of just moved on to the next thing because the next thing, that's how you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I think everything's become so single serving and that's why it becomes so much more strategic about how people drop albums. And, you know, you see a lot of these projects go to the wayside and you like, hear about one single or yeah. whatever, you know? Which is kind of how I gauge music though, right? If, if it had that much power to it, you know, then there would have been more talk about it. You know what I mean? There would have been more it's things about it. It's weird to me because then it's just like the value of music is so much lower now. I don't think it's lower. Like, I, think it's lo- like, I think it's lower in every sense because people aren't yeah. making money off the music anymore. So because of that... We just and don't because live with we, the music as much because we literally can't. There's not enough time to. That's true. Like, people to, always fall back on their favorites, whether you're a fucking super nerd to like a casual listener like... I mean, you that's just how it back. is in the yeah. DJ world, too. It's like, you know, I remember, like, when I was coming up, you talk, like, 2004 to 2010. I would have to hit the fucking DJ pools, the blogs, all these things, the night that I was playing. I'd be like, okay, cool. Let me make sure I get these tracks right. that everybody's yeah, going to yeah. care about. Now, because everybody just kind of fought, there's so much music that people are like, they don't know what to do. They now it's like, okay, it's hits, like, dude. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and let's just play the generic lowest common denominator for a lot of things. And you even see that in an underground culture. Like I go to like, you know, like a tech house show or like a, you know, underground hip hop show. You still kind of see the same. People song, are less discerning songs. at clubs. Like I feel like back 10 years ago, maybe like people would actually leave bars or clubs because the music they didn't like was good. They could go somewhere else. But now it's just like, they don't fucking care. Because you, you can play enough hits for them to be like, oh, this spot is cool. Like It's actually kind of funny because I remember somebody was like, oh, he's a, like he just plays the top 40 hits. Like, I don't fuck with him. Just plays. Then I went to like a DJ they did like, and they were just playing the top 40 hits too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different versions mm-hmm. of right. top 40 hits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like certain people would go see me DJ in the, and they'd be like, oh, he's playing top 40. Other people would be, it's like, oh man, he's playing those hidden gems from like the early 2000s. You know what I mean? I think everybody's concept of what top 40 is, yeah. is very different. You know, for me, top 40 is like just strictly stuff that's being played on the radio and all that. Mm. But to other people, they look at it as like, oh, this was the nostalgia, see, that's whatever. The, that's the weird thing right now. Like I honestly... To me, people ragging on the radio right now, it's confusing to me. It's because you're listening to the same shit. Yeah. Like, everybody's listening to kind of the same, like, trap-oriented stuff, right? Like, the radio has to play Young Thug. Yeah. And you're listening to Young Thug. Yeah. So that's not that crazy. They have to play Meek Mill. They have to play Jay. They have to play Ken. They have to play all these songs. And those are all on everybody's playlist. Mm, yeah. So what is the radio doing wrong? I guess in New York, it's more like we don't play the local artists, but, like... 
compared to other places in the country. Absolutely. Wait, 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 you're saying radio is doing something wrong? No, I'm saying I what, don't. What are they doing I don't wrong? understand why people are still ragging. The radio is literally playing your playlist. Uh, your playlist isn't that much better than the radio now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think you always have like, those. Lot, those no one even like, cares about. Like, yeah, no. Nuts, like, I don't know. think anyone complains about the radio because no one really listens to radio. Who are no, like you? It's still to me like it's still like, like kids that, don't grow up listening to the radio. They grow up listening to Spotify now. Like they don't have to deal with the radio that's, altogether. That's actually a reality. That's fucking crazy. Dude. I was like, just say that. Like you know, it depends on where you live though. Also, because think about where in New York. So it's like yeah, Spotify is my go-to. But anybody who I know who like lives in Jersey or lives in Connecticut or lives in PA, like anywhere around us. They got they internet listen, too, though. But they like, listen to the radio on their way to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, driving culture is different. They might. Yeah, be I guess. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I true. mean, certain people. I think a younger generation is more likely to plug their phone and and have their Spotify. Right. But I think a lot of people still are just like, or you know, like I've been on you enough dates where it's like, oh, what do you listen to? Oh, whatever's on the radio. Right. Like, right. And that's, that's people true. in New York still. Yeah. You know. No, I'm saying that, that's true too. And that, my, my whole thing was about like radio's kind of turned like it's always been a pejorative, especially in hip hop, because mm. you know we're underground. We have to be like tough. You know what I'm saying? So whatever the radio's playing is whack. Hmm. Whatever we're listening to is actually the real exclusive shit. Yeah. But at the same time, right now, it feels like there's, to me, the line between what people are playing in their own headphones and what the radio's playing. Yeah. Right. No big difference. Isn't that big of a yeah. difference? Dude? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Even Spotify's little algorithms aren't doing better than iHeartRadio. Like, yeah. they're not. They're yeah. not doing that much better. Yeah. Like, it's the same shit. I still, I go to iHeartRadio, I'm like, oh, I've never heard of this song. Oh, this song's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know it like that. And I go to Spotify, it's all, oh, this are just the same Oh my song. God, yeah. You know, it's not like... Everybody's not, using the same algorithm at this point, yeah. you know what I mean? And also, I think there's a, more so now because the music industry is trying to figure out how not to cannibalize itself. There's, I mean, it's all payola, right? Like to get on a Spotify playlist, <clears throat> all the major Spotify playlists are run by the major labels. Mm. Like 90% of the playlists are run by major labels. They're going to push the music that they want. And it goes the same way. They're going to put the payola to, to put it on this playlist, to put it on that, to put it on this website. You think that you have a choice in music. You do. And, and in certain ways you do. But really the stuff that you're being fed is force fed to you. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, oh, you're like, like you had just said, I go on this website, I'm going to hear this song. I go on that website, I'm still going to hear this song. I go on this website. I mean, you can do a lot of digging and you can try to like look at it, but I think it's very different from like the blog days, like the heydays of when I was DJing because it was really about, oh, this guy has stuff that I've never heard before. And then, and you in DJ culture, be like, I want to go see this DJ because I know he's going to play stuff I've never heard before. And it's changed to like, there isn't that anymore. Like as yeah. a DJ, where do I go to find those tracks that no one's heard before? That's what, that was kind of funny because people are ragging on that complex music editor who was like, hey, what are some artists that you've been listening to and like, you know, give us some names. And they're like, yo, isn't that your job? Yeah. Because if I'm coming to you as the listener and as the audience, yeah. I want to, like back in the day, I would go to Complex, now write two Doughboys to find music. Yeah. Now, now write two Doughboys and Complex are asking me yeah. what music am I listening to? Yeah. I think that I think that's all. Up. Does that mean? Yeah. I think that that's a cool method, though. So I look at it from this oh, standpoint. It's smart. It's really smart. Well, for me, it's like so. So a lot of DJs, like in my community, are like fuck requests. Like I don't want to deal right, with right. it. But when somebody comes up to me, it's like, yo, play this, and I haven't heard of it. I'm like, yo, you, thank you for putting me on. You right. know what I mean, like before, like before, like right when the Travis Scott album released, before I downloaded it, because I don't download music. I'm like this dude comes up to me, he's like, yo, you got to play this song. And I play, I'm like, yo, this is fire. Yeah. And it was like, literally, like I started playing Travis Scott's new album because somebody told me about it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I probably would have found it like a week or two later. Yeah. But it was like, you know, yeah. and I think to have like a website to be like, hey, our millions of listeners, throw us your playlist. And you know what I mean? There has to be a shifting See, thing. That's, that's cool. I, I think like that. there's a way to but do at it, the same though. same time, she, she or he, I don't know what it is, 
they have to realize that the internet is a fucked up place. Oh, for sure. And it's very, you go from having a great idea to trending in a negative light very fast. Mm-hmm. And now they're trending in a negative light. Yeah. It seems like Complex isn't doing their job. Yeah. At the end of the day, when it's like, oh, cool, send us to your yeah, so take So we take pictures of it. Or like, we'll have like, oh, we'll write up something. You could, How you position it. Yeah, the way she could have, or he, I don't know what it was. Yeah. The way, the way, or that, the way that they positioned it. Yeah, you could have you could have been like here. We want to uh, like playlist admission list. Whoever has the best playlist Whoa. goes ahead and wins like something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Boom! It would have cost them nothing, yeah. and then it would have been the contest, and they could have positioned it a lot exactly. better. Yeah. Exactly. But to me, like as as like a thing, I think it's dope to ask people. But That's I also good. agree yeah. with that. You know how you position yourself in any question. Yeah. When you you're to supposed to be an authoritative voice. I don't know. It's it's different for There's me. No authoritative that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, well, that's the whole thing, though. Is I feel like music in general, like a lot of it, doesn't have an authoritative voice. I don't think anybody knows right now. Yeah. And I think last year was a, was the the pinnacle of it, which is why I think this year is going to be better. Well, what is the next one? Like I, we had the we had the magazines, we had print, then we had you know the deep street DVDs, and then we had the mixtapes, the DJ mixtapes, okay, so the blogs. But where do we go now? I'm gonna tell you. I think everything's a progression into multimedia, which is why I'm doing the stuff that I do. I think the next wave is what we're doing. I think the next wave becomes videos. Yeah. People to like, sure. you know, me and me and uh, you have been talking about it. You know what I mean? Like going ahead and doing a video thing where we educate people on music and be able to do it in a fun way. People don't want to read anymore. No, you know what I mean? No. People don't want to just listen. And if they want to just listen, they can put the video on in the background and still just listen to it. Then I think the next level of it, don't steal my idea, is going to be going into like the virtual realm. Yeah, I have all yeah. of my biggest totally. music friends and the people who I look up to, they're building these virtual galleries and these virtual spaces for people to explore where you walk in and it's like a, it's a full it's sensory like a FYI, experience yeah it just where, makes where sense like FYE yeah, yeah where you go into these booths and you put headphones on in this VR world yeah. and you listen to a mixtape and then while you're listening to the mixtape you can go through the album art you can look learn about the artist like all like the gorillas did it with their new thing where uh, they had oh, yeah. yeah or they did the, the the concert in Union Square where you went ahead and you put your phone up and there was a concert and you put your headphones in and you could watch the concert in Union Square that's dope like, that's nuts yeah they did one at Brooklyn Bridge too then the whole next world is going to be it's all multimedia because oh, yeah. everybody wants to be fully immersed everybody wants an experience and everything is so single serving like we're saying that it's like you need to really wow somebody with what you're doing it yep. needs to be completely different that's be brilliant right off the gate. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, video content definitely is the next oh, yeah, wave. Because, like, when you think about publications now, like, it doesn't, unless you're Pitchfork, and I don't even know if that's going to be the same anymore because the founder just left, like, the company today. Oh, <laughs> word. I didn't hear yeah. that. That's crazy. That. But, like, unless you're Pitchfork, like, publications aren't really an authoritative voice they as far their, as discovering artists or even doing, like, actual journalism to fucking writing good profiles. We, we don't care about that shit. All it is is, like, do you do print? Does it look pretty in the magazine? Or do you do video content with the artist? Does that look cool at least? That's all it is now. So like video is like definitely. How I look at it is a, it's a passing of the torch. And it's happened from our grandparents' generation to our parents' generation onto us. Is there's an industry that feels like they can't be defeated. They feel like they're at the top of their game and they're going to be like that forever. And they refuse to evolve. And I think it happened a lot with journalism, right? <clears throat> journalism got lazy. Yeah. And it stopped reporting good stuff and it stopped you know, relating to the culture that mattered and to the young generation. So then we had the blog culture and then the blog culture was super thirsty and like hungry and like wanted to make all this stuff and make their mark made. Yeah. All those guys grew up and they started getting lazy and they started creating all these relationships with people. And then they started just pushing a music agenda 
and then they got lazy. You know what I mean? And it's like this constant thing where everybody's like, yo, I'm going to be on top forever. And they don't evolve with what's happening. They don't, they don't stay hungry. And I think that's the hardest thing for any artist, right? It's like, you never know if you're going to be able to break through unless you just keep pushing. Yeah. And most people hit a certain place where they're like, that's my goal. And now I can relax. But as soon as you relax, the next young guy is going to come up and they're going to do something better and your content's going to start to suffer. You know what I mean? I see that with every art form. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just music in general is definitely immune to that. Yeah. And like you said, that does happen multiple times. I think I think we're in the we're in the mixture of it now, where I just I I see this like one of the things smart things that Complex did do was they jumped into video way early. Yeah. Same way they jumped into blogging way early. So yeah. whoever's leading that force is. Okay. Yeah, and they went into the full experiential thing with their Complex Con too, which exactly, is smart. Exactly. Which is once again they jumped in really early. Um, I think it's dope. I think it's, I think though with a lot of those things, it's, it, I don't care who's first. I think that's like one thing that we've learned forever. It's who perfects it and who does it at the right time. That's what I'm saying. I think Complex always does that. The blogging I don't, they, they, I don't they, think they, Complex they, does. I think when they started releasing content, it was too early and people didn't digest it. Complex lost a ton of money on their video content when they first started. Yeah. They've been doing video content since what, 2006? They've had, they've had like three or four of their shows bought. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. though they, they since, did start, yeah. they, they did start, they did start rough, but the, since then they've. I'm curious what if they were net positive on all the content that they start, you know, shot beforehand and their Who investments knows, yeah. on all Who of knows. it. You know, it's. I think it's dope to be first because then you get to perfect. I wouldn't talk about the market share. I, I think they've always been like compared to the other publications, they've always been way more open to change up their whole style. I agree with that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when Pitchfork and everybody else was making fun of bloggers. Complex was like, we're going to start blogging. And they invested in a ton of uh, exactly. blogs and stuff. Some of the great, some of right. the best writers of our generation are yeah. complex vets. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And the same thing now with video. I mean, Jinx has made a career video off of complex. Yeah. They right. literally revitalized Joe Budden's career. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're, they're pretty, they, they have, they got a guy from Twitch to be on the show and now he's a major force in hip hop. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I think like, they, is that they, academics? Yeah, academics. Yeah. And I, I mean, dude, people like watching Joe buy sneakers with superstars. Yeah. It's on the Yes Network or some shit. It was on MSG for a while. Or MSG, yeah. What That's what it was, now. yeah. But like, I mean, when they first started, they were only going to Flight Club at off-peak hours. Yeah. Now they're flying to Miami with people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, real. But yeah, fuck complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I can say that. Shout out to Roger. But everything else, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. I do think they do a good a good job of, of being open and staying ahead of the yeah. curve. You know what I mean? They definitely stay young, which is super dope. I mean, they. I'm my, some of my first video gigs while I was out here was working with Complex. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, I have love for the brand. I think it's dope that they were able to be able to do that and stay relevant. I think it's really hard to stay relevant for as long as they have as a magazine. What's the worst brand you've ever worked with? Oh, man, I'm not going to call them out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, wanna, I just want to hear one. Oh, oh man, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. I, I think, I think that... Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> I think the weird thing is, is when you're, when you're young and yeah. like when you're working in the DIY scene, you know, like heavily, you're like, yo, one day I'm going to work with XYZ, like some big company and like, they're going to have their shit together and they're going to be organized and all of these things. And then you realize like, I was working with these major companies. They had no idea what they were doing. 
I had more idea what I was doing and I knew better of the scene and all that than they did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like that never changes. I think the only thing that, that can change is, okay, you work with that company disorganized long enough where you're able to be the force that organizes and hopefully you're still hungry at that point to care or to want to be that. That's but usually it takes so long for you to build up to that point and then you get lazy, kind of like the thing I was saying before. You're just, you're just like, yeah. I've been in this shit for years. I'm not going to change up this shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to deal with it. It's too much It's too much headache, which is the problem with a lot of big companies, right? Mm-hmm. The bigger the company you work with, the more red flags and more paperwork you have to go through to change anything. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Actually, one of the funny things is I'm a, by day, I'm a paralegal. And so I've worked with lawyers for (laughs) the past like four or five years. And one of the things that always makes me like, like laugh and stuff like that is that one of the things that you're told in school is like, you can't procrastinate. Right? Don't wait till last minute. Mm. I know. That's every lawyer I know. <laughs> Fucking every lawyer waits till the very last moment to do anything. I'm yeah. talking about some people I work with are amazing lawyers. Yeah. Arguing for the Supreme Court. The day before the Supreme Court argument, they were finally organizing their shit. Yeah. Have, like, I feel like the dysfunction is kind of just universal. universal. Oh, for sure. You know In every saying? industry. Like, you, you really... Jesus. You know, speak of the fucking devil. Yeah. <laughs> They heard it. Yeah. All right. So this is actually the point in time where, uh, actually a little bit earlier was, but we're going to do it now. All right. We're in. Uh, this is the point in time where I'm just talking about any new music or not, not new music, just any music that you've been listening to. So what's been on your Spotify? <laughs> could be new, could be old, could be ancient. Bam. I mean, I have a, I actually, it's funny enough you say, so I'm making a, uh, I'm making a playlist right now for uh, Nam, which I was telling you guys about. I kind of wanted to pull together my favorite music of everything that I've been listening to over the last 10 years, like a real discography of everything up until now. As I do this rebrand, I'm kind of like trying to put people on a new music. That's one of the shows me and Brian are talking about. Yep. So I kind of want to get all of my old music out of the way now, like early in the year. And now then I'm going to start diving into like all the new kind stuff like that I mess with. What's up? Like kind of like a Phoenix. Type of exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My playlists go all over the place. And like, <clears throat> even from like the, the shows I play and all that kind of stuff, I go between like electronic music, rock, and hip hop. Um, one song that like started jumping back into me because I just got a new DJ out of it that's super sick is Outcat Spotty Audio. Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah. yo, that just like the spoken word element of it yeah. and all of that is super dope. Yeah. Like it's super unique and I feel like it was really good for its time. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that Outcast has done through their career, like you know, like like the drum and bass stuff, like uh, Hey Ya uh, and yeah. like uh, Bombs Over Baghdad, all that were yeah. like really good. And I super respect them in Atlanta. If I were to not live in New York, I feel like Atlanta would be my second choice in in the U.S. It's like amazing place to live, great food, great energy, all that. Um, Don't move, Fanagram. I know you guys. Love Fanagram. Yeah, Yeah. holy shit. Fanagram is amazing. I feel like just like the journey that they take you through on so many of their songs. Mm -hmm. Is just really special. Don't move is also like that's a deep cut right there. That's off the EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, that song is like. That's I'm like not to be corny, but like that song still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like I'll play that. I played that song millions of times, and it's in like if I'm doing a lounge set, it's in almost every one of my lounge sets. And every single time I play it, it gives me goosebumps. And I feel like it's special. Any song mm-hmm. that you can listen to a hundred times and you still feel the energy like you did the first time. Yeah. Same uh, as like Big Grams. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, let me let me pull another one out that's like way different. Uh, man. Uh, I don't know so like this song is special to me because one of the first gigs I played in New York I was playing this song and I do like a a couple different mashups with it every single time I play it 
And uh, I play it fairly often, but somebody came in from the street and was like, I walked into this bar because you played this song. Uh, and, and I have like this special connection with yeah. the song because <laughs> when I first moved here, I'm like, oh, people like, like my weird yeah. music, my, yeah. which is my weird music taste, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the knife heartbeats. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's like, I just have like, okay. you know, it's yeah. like one of those songs that like super holds on. Uh, so like another, I feel like it's a little deeper cut, but Childish Gambino Freak, Freaks and Geeks. Okay. That has like yeah. one, been yeah, one of my yeah, anthems yeah, yeah. forever. Yeah. And it's like one of those songs, like if I'm down and I have to like do like a gig or like get myself pump up for something, it's my go-to pump up jam. Yeah. That's like my, like, yeah, my cousin's like favorite Childish song. I'm pretty sure. Oh dude, it's dope. Well, I also see, so like every, like this is America, right? The music video is the same concept, almost, like in, in, in a lot of ways, but it's mm. like the, the stripped down version. So he had like not as much money at this point. He had the giant warehouse and it's literally just him going at the camera the whole time. It mm. looks like the exact same warehouse, but now he has like all of this stuff yeah. going on around him. So I kind of like look at it too as like his progression through music. You know what I mean? Was that, right. that, was his, that was one of his first videos for sure. It was definitely one of his first yeah. videos. I love that video in the warehouse where he's just screaming at the camera and just yeah. dancing and shit. That's awesome. Any more? Hmm. I'm gonna hit some. Uh, let me see. What was like the first one I thought of? Uh, people under the stands, acid raindrops. Oh my, dude! Yeah. Did we have the same like high school playlist? Bro, that like, shit is. <laughs> Great that was like so. That was my like anthem for many reasons yeah. when I was uh, <laughs> when I was in college, especially. Yeah. Uh, I think one another one that's like a, like a weird cut chance the rapper heaven only knows. Mm -hmm. mm. I just love that because it's song. such a like like the the parallels between it and how they were able to go from like the club vibe to like the future based vibe to so the forefront. I feel like Chance was one of like the big rappers like kind of co-sign yeah. that style yeah. Yeah. and like a lot of footwork. Oh yeah, exactly. So it kind of brought like the Chicago style in with all of it and. You know, that was like, you know, a lot of the underground parts that I would throw as a kid would be that style of music. So it was kind of cool to have that be in there. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely a music that I connect with. And like, if I were to produce purely for pleasure, that would be the style of music I would make. Like, that would be a song I would make. Good yeah. That's it. Yeah. Damn, I know a lot of this tech. Let's shout out Tech Life. Yeah, there you go. Forever, forever. Yeah. Forever, forever. One of the, one of the only sets I actually regret missing because I waited for D'Angelo. I didn't, wasn't able to uh. see the tech life uh, and the remnants of uh, DJ Rashad. Yeah. They came to Afropunk, and Afropunk was like crazy, crazy. Yeah. All right, I got a crazy DJ Rashad story. Yeah. All right, so back when I was coming up, there was this uh, abandoned school on the south side of Chicago. And uh, Ghetto Division, shout out Ghetto Division, Charlie Glitch and all them, would throw these like underground raves in this fucking old, like gutted out fucking high school. Yeah. So the Fourier would be all club music. The gymnasium would all be juke and footwork. And then they had like another like big room like uh whatever. I just love hearing people say the word foyer. Because yeah. <laughs> like I imagine you like you're a douche, but I know you're you're not a douche. <laughs> but I just for like that one second you're a fucking douche. Entrance way? Yeah. No, I don't know, dude. There's nothing wrong with it. And then they had a theater that would be hip hop, and and DJ Rashad would do it, Tech Life would do it, Ghetto Division would do it, and I would usually do like the front room, which was like I was doing like a lot of club music back then. Mm -hmm. But like there's like this photo of like me, Ghetto Division, Tech Life, all of us just on top of like this high school stage and this gutted with like thousands of like you know high school college age kids just like around us, and there's like this photo of like just all of these legends, like people have gone on to produce. Still have that picture? Oh yeah. All these like techno, great techno albums, great footwork albums. I want to see that. Set, set there, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's one of my profile photos, actually. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, so that That's was like, like a, a special moment. Like, shout out every like the whole Chicago underground scene at that <coughs> time. Like, and maybe it was just because I lived it, but at that time was like super special. You saw like Mano 
uh, DJ Mano yeah, came yeah. out of that. Like, you know, Kanye's DJ. Shout out Treated saw, Crew, man. Yeah, Treated Crew, like all the Treated Crew. Flosher Damas came out of that era. Yep. And like DJing parties with them, DJing with Mano, DJing with the all of Tech Life dude, DJ Rashad. We did Diplo's first Chicago party in a basement the size of your apartment. Yeah. Like plus the bedrooms, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that must have been massive because our apartment is huge. Huge, yeah. <laughs> Two, like two hundred people crammed in this into this place. That's dope. And uh, like I put like so many friends onto that. I got to meet him for the first time. All of that, you know what I mean? Like that was just such a dope time of music. Cause like really like that is a crazy scene. That is if you nuts. think about all that talent that, that came is out. Nuts. Electro was first becoming a thing before people called it EDM. Like all these big yeah. artists were finally getting their footprint. Like I was hanging out with Mastercraft. Fucking we were That's crazy. doing drugs and all sorts of stuff <laughs> backstage. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. It was just a wild time. And I was glad that I was able to be like super immersed in the music scene at that point. Yeah. And how old were you when that was happening? Uh, Like 18 to 21 or I guess 17 to 21, 22. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That's a life. Yeah. That's a life lived. All right. Cool. What have you been listening to? I... Dude, I've just been running through all the old, because I just came back from Costa Rica with a bunch of my best college buddies, like, just listening to all the shit that we listened to when we were in college, just, like, running through all that shit. Um, no new music, really, other than this singer that I got an advanced copy of her album, so I don't even, I don't think it's out yet, um, Jade Bird. She's a really dope singer. Um, I don't know, just a name to, to look out for if you see it anywhere. Dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been kind of doing like a year-end wrap-up kind of thing. Yeah. Got stuck on a couple of things, you know. But because of that new Black Mirror show, I kind of... I have you seen Bandersnatch? Yeah. Is it good? It's great. It, have you seen it? Tonight. Yeah, let's watch it tonight. Yeah. You make all the choices that are ready to make choices. Okay. But, um, Apparently, if you pick the right path, there's, the a the spoilers, right? there's a mini game. There's a mini game. Oh, you, you you have to download the tone, and then there, and then that's uh, the mini game. Okay. But, um... So they actually at one point they actually have two good songs that I really like and one of them's like these twins like stay on me I never really listened to them much but it's a good song but they played we're make we make play uh, making plans for Nigel yeah by XTC yeah okay I never knew about XTC okay have you, you guys no, about I've never heard yeah. about XTC never knew about them yeah and I love I love psychedelic music yeah right? and I've never heard of them. I love experimental I love psychedelic like yeah. like I've, my whole last year I was listening to Talking Heads like, oh yeah the entire year yeah right? yeah so hearing like this British group cool. is doing the same type they're of old? shit they're like the seventies yeah making plans for Nigel Fire yeah like, Fire so I've been listening to a lot of XTC cool I've been going back to for some reason that got me into just like all the old British stuff that I've been listening to yeah and there's just one I think I was reading some list or something like that that's like oh yeah you know you can't forget about Bristol's music scene and like. I did my college thesis on stuff like that. Bro, I, I've so, actually been listening to a whole bunch of old Br- because yeah, there are some I got into some playlists that was all old Bristol music yeah. and I was like, I was like so I've been listening to a lot of Portishead. Okay. Damn. Uh, a lot of Smith and Mighty. Have you guys ever heard nice. of Nice, yeah, yeah. Smith and Mighty I didn't know about. It's called Bass is Maternal. First off that name alone. Bass is maternal. Bass is maternal. Oh, bass is maternal. Like nice. the name alone yeah. is like worthy of a thesis by itself. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then the actual title track fire like cool they weren't joking yeah they said the bass like they were not playing around the bass i wish i had like i should have put those headphones out the yeah yeah yeah. This shit. yeah crazy have oh you have you God. seen these like crusher headphones that um what is it skull candy came out with no they have like i think they're made for like home entertainment watching so it's like they have extra bass or like vibrates with every like bass oh, and wow. you can like control it like and Bro, shit. that's why yeah. like, make your ears bleed 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love when people like kind of I don't know how to describe it. You probably would know it better, but when it feels like they're playing like the bass, like the eight oh eight. Oh, the ghost notes. Yeah, like they just start playing and uh, just kind of go up. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. How the dancehall does it like really, really well. Yeah. And I think these like guys the glide when the notes go up and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that shit. And yeah. Just listen to it on top. I'm like, oh fuck. I gotta send yeah. you a couple tracks. I got. Please. I got a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah. that has that. Yeah. Please, please, I love that shit. Um, and yeah, I've also been listening to like, like you said, like stuff from like high school days. I don't know why. I feel like yeah. the end of the year tends to be like kind of like where you start to wrap nostalgic. Yeah, you're with friends. Like, yeah, you're with friends. Yeah, it's like yeah. the holidays. Bro, yeah. I've been listening to like Blink One Eighty Two constantly. Okay. Oh, bro, that's like the new club favorites now. You drop oh, it. sure. Yeah. The clubs now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nuts. That's yeah. like my secret weapon right now. <laughs> yeah. I did a whole hour rock set at like this open format venue, which I would usually not be able to get away with. Yeah. People were eating that shit up. I just played strictly two thousands punk and rock. People exactly. were going nuts. Yeah. Bro, Green Day, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit like that. Like, oh my god, that's like the new journey for like kids now. That's real. Yeah, can you imagine when Dookie, like when that, like that, those those cuts become that, like Teenage Wasteland. Yeah, was, like, yeah. Journey. <laughs> right. Basically, it's gonna get there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right, so one last question for you. Oh, I got I got a couple others oh, for you. Oh, okay, here we go. So so I just pulled up like some of the you live my, here. my my, we'll be my here all night. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. So like apparently I'm watching Bandersnatch. Bam. Uh, I've been super into so like I have a, a band and we're doing like funk, disco, and all that kind of stuff. So I've been kind of pulling cuts for for stuff like that. So I've been. You have anything recorded yet? What's up? You have anything recorded yet? Oh yeah, we have like uh, a. Yeah. We have one track that right now we're uh, kind of putting out for publishing. We released three songs already under a different name, but I kind of wanted to create a whole new brand for it. Yeah, let's um, just add another one. Yeah, so I got, got like I got like five. Yeah, I got add some to the list, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so we got like five singles, like like you know, in the works, almost finished. That we're kind of polishing off right now. But um, a lot of the stuff I've been listening to: Todd Terry, yeah, uh, Fisher, yeah, um, uh, Wiser, a UK group. Uh, Legend Cast, mm-hmm. Super Duper, Daily Bread, wow, Jack Beats. Jack yeah, Beats. no Jack Beats, yeah. Joe, Jack Beats, from the, like, they were one of the people, as far as, like, in the house scene that, like, dominated the MySpace thing with all, like, the little cuts oh, they yeah. put up on MySpace, little MySpace tracks, yo. That, that was always, like, special for me, because that was, like, that was, like, pre-electro, even, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they kill it. Like, their sound design is some of the most efficient yeah, yeah. ever. Well, that's, like, I've been really on, like, kind of, like, the... Minimal house, disco house, soulful house vibe. And yeah. I think like a lot of the sets that I'm trying to plan for this year are going to kind of be in that form. Like I'm trying to create the separation. The group's called Passe. Mm. And I'm going to try to create a separation where with Passe and kind of play all this music that I really enjoy. Like a lot of the music that I played in Chicago and like where I found my style and then separate it from Mop Top where I can go ahead and play like more of this open format all over the place style that I've been playing, nice. you know, forever that people kind of know me for. Good shit, dude. Oh, that yeah. sounds like I'm definitely going to need some tracks. Yeah. yeah. I'll play some after for you. Good shit. Good shit. So the last question I have is what are we calling this episode? I pose that to you. <laughs> um... Inside the mind of a genius. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. No take back seats. That is what it's called. I love it. <laughs> Inside the mind of a genius. All right. Yo, as always. Yeah. Do you have your socials? socials. Yeah. You yeah. Uh, find me on Instagram uh, at DJ Mobtop. That's probably the best spot to, to catch me at. Uh, I have Twitter and Facebook, but who checks that shit? Um, and yeah, just reach out to me on, on there and, you know, check out the brand Much Oblige at Much Oblige TV and at Super Chief Gallery. Um, catch me. I'll be in L.A. end of this month, end of January. And then February, I'll be out in Miami. And then uh, March, I'll be in NOLA. Uh, 
Austin and Miami again, and then April you can catch me out in Chicago. Worth it. Yeah. Go, get, go see him for sure. Yeah. Worth it. Have a good time. Uh, PS4080, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, Pornhub. Your mom's left titty. Your mom's. We just signed that last week, actually. Yeah, it should fish. still be fresh. She got it tatted. Um, we're already looking forward to the summertime, so we're going to invest in some charcoal. Uh, <laughs> so look out for that PS4080 hickory slash blunt guts uh, scent. Oh, my. It's going to be fucking delicious. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't stop anything. As always, I'm Jimmy. That's my one. Watching me.